0: Just a bit outside. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. This is the podcast on record. Just a bit outside. We are back and baseball is hopefully around corner. We are back for part two. Of the 2020 season, I'm Travis Akins and Justin It's coming right along and we're going to take you right along to the preseason special that is this just a bit outside episode. We're going to get you ready for the sprint that is 2020 Justin welcome in to the big show my man.
1: What is up Travis first and foremost happy to see you upright obviously as the league knows our commission was down for the count. Had a little uh, a little battle with the uh with the COVID-19, but came out on top. I got my notes here from the show we record we attempted to record the day before baseball was canceled. Should we go through these notes?
0: Yeah, so we we did record one preseason episode uh back in March in the pre-days. Um and and now we're episode two on June, uh, July 20th. Excuse me. Still haven't seen any real baseball during that time. Yeah, I'd love to know what we talked about in the pre-pandemic days.
1: Well, I had it on record that in week 17, all, all teams would be tied for first place. So I think I won that that uh, bold <laughs> prediction that I made. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was, I said it was going to be a 60 game sprint. It was going to be a twelve, oh, like a six yeah. week sprint to the end. And it was going to be so crazy. We were going to have to go into double headers every week to figure out a winner. I feel like, um, like I was on the inside of this. I think I knew what was coming. So, sounds uh, like you did. I'm excited because before we started this, I was sitting in the living room flipping through Blake's uh, YouTube TV that he logged on to my. TV before, um, during all this quarantine stuff, and I never logged out, so I've been stealing cable from him for about three months now, and uh, MLB Network actually has preseason games on right now, so right now it's the Angels versus the Padres, so I got to see a little Tatis, a little Trout, and I came in here to talk to you, so uh, it is baseball time, it is crazy. You know what I am
0: most impressed with those notes, Justin, is that you are admittedly um, ill prepared for every episode of Just a Bit Outside, and yet you take very detailed post show notes.
1: Yeah, like here, it it's my signature. And then if you if you screenshot that, you got to see what my new salary was per month. <laughs> 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 if you look Carol real close ISD there, you can see about how much
0: actually well for you. let me
1: rephrase that that's actually no that's if i refinance my mortgage that's how much oh, money okay, i'd save okay. sorry that's not my salary because that's a <laughs> solid amount more than my salary now that i look at it yeah that's if we finish this refi we got a lot of money to work on our house so um <laughs> yeah it's travis i do have a question for you you know i always like to start off with something non baseball related so during this quarantine other than battling pandemics what yeah. Would you say, you know, everybody said, I learned a new, tri- a new, a new thing. I tried something new for the first time. What is something that you tried for the first time or something you had d- dove into that maybe you didn't do before pandemic?
0: Um, besides trying to survive COVID-19. <laughs>
1: Taking naps every day. That,
0: that was new. <laughs> uh, naps are essential these days, sometimes <laughs> twice a day. Uh, Post-COVID naps are a real i'd say before all of the funny stuff went down this month with my family um i didn't have a great or a you know a nice easy downtime uh in the whole quarantine uh, i had to re uh relearn a whole new job just to keep my job you know what i mean like uh work from home and that what does it look like to do church this way and everything else so i learned a lot of all right I refreshed a lot of old skills, like video editing and audio editing, and broadcasting, and things that you and I, um, you know, are things benefiting going from by having a live. That's right. By
1: having a live video podcast, now it's something we're benefiting from. You learning this through your church, I learned how to make really good breakfast sandwiches. Ooh, that was my that was my COVID my quarantine skill was I mastered the breakfast sandwich. So the
0: bre- and the perfect breakfast sandwich is
1: the 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 creation that i have found is my best creation is a biscuit bomb where you take biscuits you make the dough or you buy a can and flatten it you pick and then inside it's almost like a kalachi you'd get in west texas but instead of it just being a meat or a jam it is actually meat eggs cheese all kinds of stuff wrapped up and then you hit the top with some butter and some salt and it is the bomb The biscuit Mm. bomb, actually.
0: You know, uh, before I had COVID-19, that would have sounded really good to me. Now you're just (laughs) a big
1: chocolate shake guy.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much (laughs) the only thing that sounds somewhat appealing to me. Let's get into our preseason July 2020 big story. Radio delay. Oh, goodness there it is. All right, so so there's some kinks in the new system. We'll figure it out, but big story is clearly baseball is days away. Now, you know, back in March we thought okay, baseball and then the world changed and everything else, but Justin, we have been anticipating baseball for months. And Back in June, when we thought there wouldn't be baseball ever again with everything going on between the players and owners, and just the wild roller coaster that we went on. And as soon as we got word that we were going to get some kind of a baseball season, Harry Doyle went into action. And we have what we are anticipating to be the quickest, fastest sprint of a baseball season. But nonetheless, it's baseball and it's here. How excited are you that just in three days we are going to have live Countum Baseball on ESPN? I'm
1: stoked. I I mean, I've really become a big fan and, you know, um, I've been doing a lot of daily fantasy sports on Cornhole. Um, and and betting money on the different cornhole stuff that's going on. And then, of course, here in Texas this weekend, we thought it was a great idea to have a NASCAR race with 67,000 people in the stands. Um, Yeah, it was a great Mm -hmm. idea. If you saw the pictures, they did a great job of uh, social distancing and wearing masks, and I fully expect there to be another spike, surge, whatever the word of the day is about COVID cases in Texas to hit in the next two (laughs) weeks. Um, But I've just been watching a lot of random sports that – you know, cornhole's been the big one that everybody's talking about. There has been some NASCAR golf. You know, they did their thing here, but none of it is baseball. None of it. I mean, even, even the idea of high school football's hitting right now, that we may not have that. And, you know, everybody here knows where I work, and it is a big deal where I work and all over Texas. But baseball being back is just a little bit of normal. Now, granted, um, none of us will be able to go to a game except you. and you'll. Be I will every- be there. Travis will be at every game. I would do want to talk about that here in a second. I want to get everybody's thoughts on that, or your thoughts on it, because you <laughs> think it's awesome and nobody else is here. But um it's a real sport and it's a it's a unique season. There's obviously going to be an asterisk, a COVID asterisk next to this one, in my opinion, for major league baseball. Not for our league, because we're playing it. But um a major like for major league baseball, there will be a COVID. Asterix everybody remembers the season of COVID, but at the same time, I think we're gonna have the opportunity to see some of these young people that these young players that we've kind of been hoarding for a little bit. They're going to have to get opportunities because people are going to get sick. Pitchers are going to miss multiple starts. And you know, it's just, it's a unique thing. It's a unique look at baseball, but the cool thing is this league has always mimicked what major league baseball does. And we are mimicking major league baseball as best we can in a 60 game sprint.
0: 60-game sprint, which means there are some differences in Harry Doyle this year, 2020. Mainly that we are fitting in just about 65% of our regular 22-game schedule in seven weeks, meaning we're playing doubleheaders every week. Um, Every team, every week, two games to get us to 14 games uh, in seven weeks. And then uh, playoffs have been reduced to four teams, And out of that reduction, those top four teams, no divisions, make it into the dance. Those top four teams will, in a two-week playoff, will determine weeks eight and nine who gets the bobblehead this year. So, Justin, when we just talk about scheduling, and and we'll kind of hone this in onto our fantasy baseball lives and world and focus for just a moment. But when we talk about just kind of the big-picture scheduling, double headers every week, 14 games, seven weeks. Are you excited about that little bit of a wrinkle? Is there something else about that kind of setup that that you like or don't like?
1: I think I actually think it is obviously, it's better than the alternative of one game a week. We get seven weeks. What does that look like? Do you have a champion after seven weeks or seven games? I'm sorry. Um, Eight games, whatever that looks like. Um, I do think if there was ever a time for us to approve changing our lineup multiple times during a week, it's this season because on Monday, Joey Gallo, and we'll go after censored by the commission because his entire team has COVID right now. I'm sorry, but on I'm sorry. Monday,
0: censored by the COVID
1: censored by the COVID. You are correct. That is the new name. CBC is still the abbreviation. CBC yeah. 19, CBC 19. It is, but um, Gallo may be good on Monday, but on Wednesday could test positive, and now he's out for 14 days. And if it's Wednesday and that comes out, it's great that we have that option now on Thursdays to reset lineups because I think it's going to – I mean, I heard on the radio here in Dallas, I do think that a you know a major starting pitcher or a couple major pitchers or just starters in general are going to get sick. And there's big talk on can a pitcher – let's say a pitcher gets it like you did, Travis. And I, going back to you, I mean, you're a, you're a great example of what COVID looks like in the bad part of COVID like you were, you were down. (laughs) So if a pitcher goes down for that, for, you know, four or five days, I mean, on this video, I've been on Marco Polo with you for the last three months, talking baseball and talking everything. You look great. You've lost a lot of weight. Your face is chiseled. But if that happens to a pitcher, they're going to have trouble coming back 14 days later and just stepping on the mound. They're going to need another week or two or three to ramp back up. And in that case, that's, 50% of the season, if not longer, does a pitcher get sick in the first two or three weeks and come back towards the end of the season? And what does that look like? I think this is just, this is where we are really going to see people that are A, paying attention, B, no baseball, and C, are getting strategic with who they pick up and how they were in their teams and the changes they make midweek. I think this is just is is cr- as bad as it is for this type of season to happen for our league. It's a great league. I think it is an awesome opportunity for us to really see the strategy that different players are going to take as we move forward,
0: yeah. and one of those, you know, and the and there's a weightiness to every week, right? Because it's two games. Now it's one lineup, um, but two games. And so you're talking about strategy, which I think is a really valid point when it comes to us as owners, as individuals, each franchise um every week but just more than the strategy it's the weightiness that uh, that you need to come out one and one right ideally two and oh and going oh and two in a, any given week in a, in a seven week sprint of a season um I don't want to say it's catastrophic or devastating but it gets pretty close to catastrophic and devastating um especially if you you pile in some more losses that are ultimately going to come for every baseball team and so you know the 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 structure and the point and the and ultimately the, the desire is still there right win put your best team forward put the guys you think are going to give you the most points and go out and hopefully you know a good week here, a player there that, you know, all those things kind of add up and they give you not just one W, but you're hoping for two every week. That just puts a lot of weightiness into this, this shortened sprinted uh, 2020 season.
1: Uh, There was, you know, there was talk in other leagues, like not that I'm in any other league other than this one, but I have friends that are playing in long-term leagues. I I mean, we have owners that are joining us next year. And I know one of them played in a long-term league that just, Said so we're just going to sit this one out. I honestly don't think we could have done that. I don't. I don't think the sit this one out and let's just start next year back where we're at. I think it would. It would. We would have lost some engagement in this league. And I think that we have. How I mean, how many conversations have me, you, Blake, Land, Chris, most of the league in general had about if baseball starts, when baseball starts how are we going to do this and then it got to a point of let's not talk about this until they say baseball is coming back because we got real discouraged around i guess middle of june that this wasn't happening because of the like the back and forth between the owners and the players but we have baseball we have a season yes it's short yes it's a sprint yes everybody's in first place with 16 like 60 games to go it's a great option but i think it's it's just it'll be fun to have that part of our little crazy life in the middle of everything that's going on outside of this podcast and outside of our league to be kind of stable and as stable as a, you know, 60 game sprint can be.
0: Yeah. And just from a, I mean, we do this to get away because we love baseball and it's, it's competitive in its nature, right? Where's the fun and just sitting out like, no, there's nothing ideal about 2020 and any facet of life. And I can personally attest to that. There's nothing ideal about this year. So, but like, why would I, in the middle of a pandemic where, you know, everyone's fighting about schools and everyone's, you know, upset about masks and we've got an election coming and all this, this normal everyday crap, why, why would I want to take away fantasy (laughs) baseball from all of this and go, well, we're just going to sit it out? Right. There's no fun in that. Uh, I uh, so. I
1: saw a tweet today, and this this can wrap up our world outside of baseball chat. But I saw a tweet today that said, "Do y'all remember in January when we counted backwards from ten and then said Happy New Year and we're excited about this bullshit?"
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there you go. That's where we're at. Uh, baseball time in Texas and all over the country.
0: Yes, <laughs> finally here, baseball is back. But you know what's also back? Justin Daring and his baseball cards. Yes, this is the segment where we ask Justin to pull out a random drawer in his baseball card collection. Tell us what baseball card comes out of that box, Justin. Uh, and we'd love to know what's in your collection. What's in the box as they said in
1: 7 what's in the box so <laughs> back story here is i've missed baseball so much and my mom bought a new house and gave me all my new baseball cards i've actually started collecting and selling on ebay and um ba- and i have pulled out a 1991 upper deck Ooh. michael jordan Ooh. baseball rookie card
0: hey now And what this is, this is
1: the random card of the day we're going to pull out. And I don't have just one, I have two.
0: You have two Jordan rookie baseball cards.
1: Yes. And they're, uh, they sell on eBay for a little bit of money, not, not a crazy amount like some of the cards you're seeing. Like right now, Bobby Witt Jr.'s rookie sold an autographed uh, rookie, uh, sold for about $20,000 the other day because it's a one of one, which is ridiculous. But the backstory on this one is my father in law bought, Six or seven cases of these uh, cards back in 1991 because he wanted to have a Jordan rookie, but he never opened them. So he, he saw me, and I, I have this filing cabinet now that's full of cards, and he said, hey, I got something I want you to check out. Open one of them and see what's in there. So I opened them, found a couple Chipper Jones, Bernie Williams, a couple good, the rookies that are good that year, got those. And then one of the last packs I opened in there had the Jordan in it. I was like, oh, wow.
0: So like so that, 30, 30 years ago, your father-in-law wanted a card that you opened up 30 years later, and you have boom. two of them.
1: That's the wrapper from 1991 Upper Deck baseball cards wow. that he bought. And he, uh, he, he said, open, the, open one, look through it, see what you got. Either sell the other one, the whole pack, because if they're, if I don't get a Jordan, you can still sell the unopened pack for about 50 bucks." He goes, or rip it and see what's in it if you want. Started ripping it like two nights ago. Found the second Jordan. Um, it's just fun because baseball cards are something I did with my dad. If he was ever out and saw a Nolan Ryan card, he bought it for me. So I've got a whole book of Nolan Ryan's just mix and match from different years. Wow. And they're still printing famous, car- like, big-name cards. Like, I just got a pack. Blake got a pack the other day. It was nothing but Babe Ruths. They're obviously 2020 Babe Ruths. They're not, like, expensive or anything. <laughs> what? But it's cool. Um. So, yeah, I will gladly open up my case Every week, and grab a random card. I'm gonna give you two for one tonight, since we are so excited to have this new segment. Where did it go? It was such an important card for you. We're
0: always excited to have content.
1: Kevin Brown rookie card autograph. Kevin, Kevin Brown
0: autographed. Oh man, this is outside just, of yeah. Nolan Ryan as a child. Kevin Brown, you remember? And he oh, started yeah. like what was it ninety? What 92, 93 All-Star Game, the only Ranger pitcher to ever do something like that. Kevin Brown was, and it's signed. How much is a signed Kevin Brown baseball card?
1: Probably absolutely nothing. But this is a 1989 Kevin Brown rookie card or 89 rookie card. So signed rookie card. Wow. Yeah, my daughter found it in my box and was like, "Hey, why don't you have this one in a in a case?" I was like, "You're right." So um yeah, I've got about I guess if you look over here, about 15 of these big boxes ready to go. Local like new cards, modern cards. I spent a couple, a little bit of money this month going through them. And uh it's kind of fun because I actually do have a card of every player on the Tigers roster currently. And if I make any trades, obviously I'll have to go out and buy a card that has that person in it. So hit me up.
0: I like trades. Pretty good. All right, Justin. Way back in March, we had an offseason. Did we? And if, and if you'll recall, we had two rounds of free agent bidding that took place. And so I thought, you know what? Let's ask Justin if he can recall who some of the big names that were signed way back in March in rounds one and two. Can you recall, Justin? Maybe let's just start at the top. Who Who's the biggest free agent that you recall being signed by a harry doyle team back it, in can I,
1: I mean other than obviously my signing of steven strasburg that was a pretty big one
0: right, strasburg um, was a free agent this last mm-hmm. offseason former akins army
1: I think right. the biggest name and I, if I could be wrong here I think the biggest name everybody was going after was Trout but then he signed a 32 year or $32 <laughs> extension he- and really threw off everything but that would put I think it was oh. Bryce Harper was the big the big fish that a lot of people were chasing after and I think it ended up with Blake censored by the covid um, and um I know Blake ended up with uh Bryce Harper you ended up with a pretty decent pool of of just you had to have a bunch of players. I know Trevor Story landed there. Willie Calhoun, you got your Willie back. But your Madison Bumgardner, Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, anchoring your pitching staff. Obviously, you got to hope Lance Lynn does what Lance Lynn did last year. But that's a good pickup for a rebuilding team to put names like Kershaw and Mad Bum up there with some of these younger guys you're trying to build around. Um, But, yeah, those are the big, big names I can remember. J.D. Martinez goes to Ebony and Ivory. I mean – I'm obviously now I'm looking at a spreadsheet I don't really remember obviously all these Obviously
0: you have cheated <laughs> on my game.
1: And then uh you know the newest member of Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball Bobby goes out and makes one big splash in round 1 and brings in Justin Verlander on a on a on a contract that I think any of us would have taken. I think everybody was so nervous that he was going to get like two for 20 that no one was like, screw it, we're not going there. And I think he yeah. got him three for four or three for five, which is the awesomeness of a blind bid. You bid what you think he's worth, and you may win it. I bid really high on Strasburg for a short amount of time because I knew Travis was going to go four or five years on the guy, and if I went three with big numbers, <laughs> I would win, and I did. So,
0: Yeah, so the likes of, as you mentioned, Strasbourg. And Chris Bryant, you know, clearly Los Tigres there. Bryce Harper, I'd say, you know, Trevor Story, Bryce Harper, Strasburg. Those are probably some of the bigger names. And Verlander, as you mentioned, some of the bigger names of free agency. And so our teams have been reshaped here, Justin, for for 2020. And the season's a little different now. So um, as the makeup of our teams have altered all the way back from March – Is there one team in particular, and I'm going to go ahead and just say let's take Los Tigres out because that will be an easy answer for you. Is there one team in particular that just uh, propelled themselves up, maybe not all the way to the top, but uh, a a place or two from free agency that started all the way back in March?
1: I will say I think um, a lot of, a lot of Huns. I guess is a good way of word, like, huh, what are you doing? Went towards Zach last year as he traded away Christian Yelich, and traded away Acuna. But then, if you don't look ever at
0: the, let him forget that,
1: I, mean, I traded Judge and Bellinger. We don't forget that, so he's never going to forget <laughs> the other two. Um, but looking at the team he's put together with the contracts he has, he's kind—he's built a team that you know has some power. Obviously, the you know Chris Sale going down with Tommy Johns is a major kicking the nuts for that team. But I think he's built up enough names that if they do what they did, obviously it's always that if they do what they did, if they produce well, but names like Blackman, JD Martinez, uh, you know, DD Gregarius, if he gets a hold of, if he gets back and gets back into shape. And then these pitchers, Brandon Woodruff was great last year, Aaron Nola, Musgrove. If he just gets and Jack Flaherty is the big one for him, I think picking that up in a trade last year was great. And I just think he's built a, a decent little team there. That um, you know, if you uh, if everything clicks, I don't see why he's not in the mix for a playoff spot for sure. I know you yeah, didn't like that you know, Flaherty move.
0: Well, I, he was there for the taking. Um, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna give you another team, and this is a team that is. Clearly, hook, line, and sinker for you and me, especially the last two seasons, if not the last three years. Uh, this is a team that every time I look at on paper, as you just did with Ebony and Ivory, right? And I'm going to take the champions out of this equation because Wichita White Wolves are clearly still a really good team. And we could be talking about Los Tigres as well, but... Um, this is another team that you and I talk about quite often. We look at them on paper and we're like, "Man, this team's going to be really good." And you you know, you take the the preseason computer projections and they are one of those teams that's in the top tier, playoff contending team, and every year they just kind of pull that football out from under us and you and I fall flat on our face and that's Bolding Beavers. Bolding Beavers every year looks legit on paper. And this is a young, controllable, way under the cap team that has a huge and big ceiling with players uh, like Vlad Jr. and Christian Yelich, Andrew Benatendi, Corey Seager, Shohei Otani, uh, Jeff McNeil, BGO, I the names kind of go on and on when you look at this younger roster that Lan has compiled here, uh, and le- oh, let's not forget it's anchored by Max Scherzer. And this is one of those teams where I'm looking at going, man, 60 games. If things if things get off on the right foot for Bolding Beavers, I'm just like, man, I cannot but help like Land's team right here.
1: Well, if you go, I mean, I agree. And obviously it's like we talked about last year, that offense is stacked. That offense, I mean, there's a couple holes. I think the biggest hole blaring, just looking at the way it's set up right now, is catcher. If you're just looking at offense. But if you actually go to that roster and scroll down a little bit, you will notice there is a gaping hole in the pitching staff. And by gaping, I mean there's not a single relief pitcher on the on the roster right now. Baseball starts in two days. There is not a – okay, I'm sorry. Corey Nebel, not sure he's playing. There is not a relief <laughs> pitcher on that roster right now. And, yeah, this is a weird year where I think relievers are going to be really important. I'm glad we added that extra spot because of the – who knows what happens if p- pitchers get sick. But such a you know spring training, let's take three months to sit at home and do it. hopefully you can make a makeshift mound and throw – um, and then you can come back and we can warm up for two weeks. Pitchers aren't gonna be able to go right now. Zach Grinky's throwing 55 pitches, and he's like, I'm about where I would be in spring training after two weeks.
0: So <laughs> relief pitchers are gonna
1: <laughs> relief pitchers are gonna be important, those long ending relief guys. So um that I mean, I agree. Yes, the offense is good, It's it's controllable, it's young, but there's a huge hole right there, and I don't know why there's not relief pitchers there yet, but you know, by Thursday, I'm hoping there's four lined up. Because, you know, if you don't have a full roster by the first day of the game, you're, you're 0-2, and that pretty much, that's not good. Let's just say, you said 0-2 is not a great way to start a season.
0: Not in this season. So let's talk about the top of the class, and we can't not but help talk about the back-to-back champion, Wichita White Wolves, Chris Dockhill. And not a, I'm, there were moves that were made in the offseason, and Doc Hill went uh, via Los Tigres, picked up Mookie Betts uh, from Aiken's Army last season, and solidified himself. Even by subtraction of Nolan Arnauto, he has, uh, you know, I think Wichita White Wolves, you you can't look at their offseason and go, oh, they lost o- Nolan Arnauto. This isn't a good team. Because you look at his team, and the champions... Are still a really good fantasy baseball team here, and and I don't know. Again, it's kind of tricky because you have a team that uh, we'll talk about in a second, but you look at it on paper and you're like, okay, I can compete here. But just from you know back to back champion Wichita White Wolves coming into this kind of a season, Justin, this is a this is the team to beat, is it not?
1: I yeah, I think on paper yes they're the team to beat. I'm not and you know, I've had this conversation with Chris and it's not a knock on him. I'm not a fan of the pitching staff. Um I think there are areas, I think there was there were spots obviously with the blind bid and things like that going after certain pitchers. It's a little tough cuz you don't know what everybody else is doing, but there I think that that starting pitchers you got to hope Blake Snell is back to being Blake Snell from a couple years ago. You got to hope Chris Paddock continues what he did last year. I think Frankie Montas was a great pickup. Jacob deGrom's obviously, obviously what he is. I think his relief pitching's great. I'm just, I'm not sold on the pitching staff. If I have to pick a negative, let me let me praise it that way. If I have to pick a negative about his lineup, my negative is the starting pitcher, pitching staff as a whole. Like I just on paper, I think I don't know that it matches up as the best in the league. I think if you put his offense on paper, I don't think there's anybody who's going to touch it. I think Tigers may be close, but um, I don't. I mean, that, if I have to pick a negative about a roster, which that's kind of what we talk about, is let's find something negative to say about teams as well, not just praising the whole time. I would say, and I think Chris would agree that his starting pitcher pitching may be the weakness, as I do air quotes in this video, weakness of his lineup.
0: Yeah, and the great equalizer may be the seven week season, right? The <laughs> the great equalizer there because if if Degrom and Marquez and Montas, especially with what everyone expects that Oakland team to do. You know, if those guys have good stretches and if they're pitching um if they're pitching full workloads this weekend and on and and pitching well those guys you know those three guys in particular uh but Snell as you mentioned and others uh pickup of Carlos Martinez coming out of the relief pitcher spot who could be a starter uh depending on how things go in St. Louis those kinds of names and this kind of a season of format you're right I'm with you that's the weakest part of the Wichita White Wolves it's not as strong as it had been has been in the last couple of seasons but there are pieces there that in a in a mm-hmm. short season could very well go the right way and care, help carry that that offense i mean the offense is going to be the story of the season in my opinion for Wichita White Wolves
1: Absolutely, I think. I mean, you know, he sent out. <laughs> Chris Dockhill has his computerized ranking system. It came out. Ranked one was the Wolves. Two, Tigras, Beavers, and Ebony and Ivory, all coming from our division going into the playoffs. I think that's, if that's true, and that's the way it shakes out. I mean, there there is a power division, and there has been for a year or two. I think honestly. I mean, no offense to your team, but coming, you know what I'm saying. Um, but you're seeing a you know a rebuilding Aiken's Army, who you know. All signs point to you saying, hey, just because we're rebuilding doesn't mean we're not a top-four team. just means we may not, on paper, be the top team, but we plan on making the playoffs. I know you have multiple people over there. Blake, even with his COVID outbreak he has on his team, fully plans that this is a a year that he can make a push for the playoffs. Granted, he lost Noah Syndergaard to Tommy John surgery, and that's the thing is a lot of these guys, I don't know that Noah would have had Tommy John surgery had it not been for a three-month shutdown. I think they would have gone through like, let's stick some needles in there and put some, put some fluid in there and see if we can get it working. But since <laughs> hey, we may not have baseball, let's go ahead and shut it down. I, um, I think there is tier a tier B and tier C in the league again. Um, But again, seven weeks, who knows what happens if the extra 21s come out and, you know, Anthony Rendon's on fire and Justin Verlander throws what Justin Verlander does or jerks Profar starts hot 60 games. I mean, theoretically we could have someone hit over 400 this season because it's 60 games. You know, I know that's real late in the season of the regular season to still be hitting 400, but I mean, I don't think the home run records coming down this year. I don't think anybody's hitting 73 home runs or whatever it is, but I don't think anybody's going to, I mean, this season you sit, you get hot, you get on a streak, you run a streak, boom. I mean, Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak is only two games shorter than this regular season. Which is all right. So let me. My head. I don't know if that's important or not. But. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let me t- Let me let you out of the box. Give me your case mm-hmm. for Los Tigres being the team at the end of the 2020 season.
1: Being the team at the end of the 2020 season. Right look, now, we are look, one. There is
0: no other team that has made the moves that you have made, restructured that roster the way you have restructured, and put the guys. Like Rio Muto and Albies and Arenado and Tatis Jr. and Chris Bryant, Ronald Acuna Jr., and the names go on. So tell me, is this the team? If this is the team, how, I mean, show me or let me know, how is Los Tigres going to be the winners at the end of the 2020 season?
1: Well, we have picked players that have consistently proved. Even Tatis, who only played half a season, that they can hit the baseball, score some runs, and I just put. Yeah, you know, I enjoy the offseason more than I probably enjoy the regular season, honestly, because I just get involved <laughs> and stuff. You and usually it is like and let's let's talk about that. Last year, at the beginning of all this, when our first trade went down for Mookie Betts, the conversation me and you had was. I'm going all in for next year and I'm stack I'm doing I'm pulling a Travis and I'm stacking my lineup for one year. Now step back. Here we are three months later, about to start the season. I have a lot of these guys for four or five years. We may not be the team this year, but we have four or five years to be in the window as opposed to narrowing it down. So, do I think we're the team this year? I think we have a great shot this year if everything clicks. Any team has a great shot this year with sixty games, honestly. But what we've done is kind of built a a nucleus of Tatis, Acuna, Acuna Arenado, Zach Gallen, Strasburg. Who I think Zach Gallen, we've talked about Zach Gallen offline quite a bit. I think he's going to be great. We've just got some pitching, some pitching there. There's a couple pieces we uh, we need to add. I think whether that's through trade or finding the gym in the way a shot team in this league i said it, any team in this league
0: <laughs> all right let's uh start putting a nice pretty bow on this preseason just a bit outside so justin let's talk about a couple of things get our predictions out there as baseball gets started remember week one begins thursday night There is a ESPN doubleheader taking place. And yes, real life, count them baseball. So Thursday, you better have your lineups ready to go. It's a 14-day scoring period. so And you have multiple chances to change those lineups throughout that first week. But Justin, at the end of 2020, We'll have seven weeks of a regular season. We'll have a couple of weeks of playoffs there. But, Justin, at the end of the season, who is the Harry Doyle fantasy baseball MVP? In other words, who is the player at the top of the fantasy point pile at the end of this season?
1: Ronald Acuna Jr. And that's not because he is a mm. Tigra That is because I really think he is taking – I think he is taking the steps to be one of the faces of this league. I obviously would say Mike Trout. I don't have the confidence that Mike Trout's playing the entire season because of the kid. Um, I think think on the field, Acuna Jr. is the cream of the crop. He is up there. Tatis will take a step. I think Trevor Story will be up there. I think you have four or five there's four or five names going in i think if i were to go to vegas and put money on those to be the mvp or the the face of the league it would be an even push money there would not be a benefit one way or the other to vote to to make that bet but i think acuna jr obviously home i love i i have him i like him i want to keep him for a long time um but i think that he's up there like i said trevor story's up there um, I think there's quite a few young. I think we're we're about to hit a time where young players take over this league again, and it's going to be the fun young players, like um, just just those fun guys that have been around for a couple years are about to break through. I do think a bold prediction is we are going to see some guy who we did not expect, obviously would not have played this year, minor league wise, coming out and playing and playing like lights out. Whether that's Lazardo with censored by the COVID, or if that's um, you know Nico Horner over there on the the Akins army in their minor league system I think he has a great opportunity to be a huge name and really but I am putting my money on my center fielder Ronald Acuña Jr.
0: My answer would be Francisco Lindor. I think you're frozen. I think Lindor has it will have a monster of a sprint. And I think Lindor will be that MVP. So let's, outside of fantasy baseball, as we start to wrap things up here, Justin, in the world of baseball, who is the team out of the American League and who is the team out of the National League? Who will be in that World Series this October?
1: If the Dodgers don't go to the World Series this year, the Dodgers need to close down shop and quit having a franchise. <laughs> they have stacked that lineup to a point that they should not lose. Any- they should go 50-10. and 10. They really should like just go lights out with that roster unless something crazy happens. But if they're not in the World Series, they need to fire the GM. They need to just send everybody just get out of here because that lineup is ridiculous. On the other side, obviously, I think the Yankees will do it
0: yeah Ugh. okay well, whatever um all right Justin and pulling ourselves back into Harry Doyle fantasy world Justin in this order four three two one, give me the teams that'll be there at the end of seven weeks of baseball
1: the end of seven weeks I'm going to say at number four we will see. The Van Buren Boys, number three, Ebony and Ivory, number two, Wichita White Wolves, number
0: one. Uh oh, Justin, I think you froze on us. Is this a cliffhanger? Who's number one, Justin? Oh, did we freeze? Did you not hear you're, that I? Po- you froze. Sticks? Oh, okay. well, I mean, I could have guessed that if we had to go on without you, but I thought, man, this is a killer. I gotta killer get my layout.
1: I, I gotta get my Texas internet back up if we're gonna be doing this. <laughs> my internet's struggling tonight. Travis, right. before you head out tonight, before we call this thing, before we call this thing, we have to revisit a topic we talked about earlier. There are no fans in the stands in Major League Baseball, yes. but somehow. <laughs> you got season tickets.
0: Yeah. I got Talk to me s- about how ticket. Travis
1: Akins is going to be in the stands, and you'll be at the first game ever at the new Ranger ballpark.
0: Yes, I will be at every home game in 2020. At least my doppel Ranger will be. Yes, Justin, I spent money for the Texas Rangers to take a picture of me and print it onto a big life-size cardboard and put it in a random seat inside Globe Life Field. But I don't care because I can say that I will be at every home Ranger game this season. And I'm okay with that. You froze again, I think, Justin. So I'm jealous. I think, well, that's okay. You can do I, I'm, it. You I'm still jealous can do and I it.
1: wish that you, you were there.
0: well i really wish i was there to watch baseball maybe maybe texas climbing covid numbers will still let us in who knows well justin i don't know if you're there or not if you're unfrozen the internet is shut down but Harry Dole, 50 baseball, just a bit outside. The preseason edition is over. We expect to be back on when week one is in the books. For Justin Deering and his really piss poor internet, I'm Travis Sakins. So long, everybody.